You're listening to the Brenton Not On Tour Quarantine Cast. So far, he's taught you about good coffee. Damn, Jimmy, this is some serious gourmet shit. Good music. I'm like this, you know, and then that becomes your thing. Music just does that. And the secrets to good travel. Exits. Okay, there's one back here. And there's uh, probably one over by the wing somewhere. Now, thanks to COVID-19, he's here to make sure that you're all good during this time of social distancing and self-isolation. So sit back and enjoy as he broadcasts from any number of exotic locations like Costa del Balconia, La Isla del Garage, Playa del Living Room, and the always magical Puerta Bacchiarda. And don't worry, he's already had the coronavirus and beat it. Still, maybe keep a mask handy. Here's BD. Hey kids, what's going on? Hello. Hello. Welcome to another edition of Daddy's Podcast, the Brenton on tour. Well, Brenton not on tour. Quarantine cast. We're kind of hanging out. I thought I would do a little review this week because it is the last week of school. You guys get to skip it again, second year in a row. Last week of school, but we just went through a big thing where you guys had to do homeschooling. You didn't really get to see your friends very much. Uh, school went back in like a couple weeks ago, but you guys kind of stayed at home because there wasn't really a great plan by uh, that team uh we didn't feel like sending you back just yet we were kind of like maybe we'll wait till september to do that so i wanted to kind of talk about that as we uh, as one of the subjects on the podcast this week i had you guys uh on before when uh daddy got covid and we came through that and now we're into a new thing where we had to do homeschooling so it is father's day so i thought it appropriate that i put the kids on the podcast with me as one of the segments this week. So here we are. So reintroduce yourself. What is your name? Hi, my name is Alex. Well, and what is your name? Samantha. Alex and Samantha. How old is Alex? Nine, almost ten. <gasps> Samantha. Eleven, almost twelve. That's right. So we've got some kids right on the cusp, eleven and ten, twelve, nine, all in that zone. Very interesting. They just came through grade four and grade six. So very, very fun for them, I think. How was the school year for you both before COVID started? So going into just basically around Christmas time, you were in grade four. So what was going on in grade four? Were you liking it so far? Yeah, it was harder than grade three. Yeah, mostly like... Lots of math, yeah. lots of stuff like that. And you switched, Samantha, over to French Immersion this year, so you had to do English and French and all that stuff. What did you think of that? It was good. Yeah, it was it's, a little bit like... It was a bit confusing, but a bit, I got through con- it. Got through it and got... Good, yeah, so then the COVID hit, and then all of a sudden, everyone had to stay at home. So, let's talk about that for a minute. Homeschooling. Alex, what did you think of this thing? You're staying at home. How did this whole thing start for you, right? We had to go get books, the grade four curriculum and all this stuff. So what was your homeschool like? Like you, you know, you, you did a lot of work. Man. I did. Every week I would get eight to 12 assignments a week. That's a lot of assignments for grade four. Yeah. What kind of assignments were they? Uh, fractions, art, science. Social studies. What was your favorite part? Like to learn at home. 
What was the best part to learn at home? Art, probably. Art, well, that's, I mean, you were getting art lessons, comic book lessons and art lessons from Uncle Chris, who draws comics and uh, who uh, contributes to the DeanBlendell.com network, Chris Machete. Check him out. You guys got art lessons, comic lessons, plus you're doing a lot of art. But you did a ton of math, too, right, Samantha? What kind of stuff were you getting at home to learn at school? Did you find it was more difficult to learn at school or to learn at home? I think it was more difficult to learn at home because my teacher would just post stuff and then she wouldn't really explain it like she does at school and then she can't really help us because then she has to like answer our questions and stuff like that and it takes like five hours for her to comment because we have like a lot of people in our class but I don't know it was fine because I had my friends to help me too so right were you guys talking to your friends a lot I guess through like the different uh video right like you were on uh, on all the chat rooms and stuff like that you guys had to talk were you doing meetings every week right on teams and stuff like that yeah, I was doing meetings every week, Monday and Thursday, um, on Teams. Yeah, it was pretty busy. That's I think a lot of kids were doing that. And Samantha, you had less work than Alex, but you had to split between French and English a lot and do math. So did you like homeschooling or would you rather be in school? School. Rather be in school? How come? I don't know, because... She get you just get like to understand it better, I guess. Are you saying Daddy's not a good homeschool teacher? No, maybe. Yeah, well, you're not wrong. Daddy didn't have a great school, so there you go. I did my best though, and we're out of it. But it starts again in September, and it looks like you're probably going to have to be homeschooled again for a little. I know, right? It looks like no one's going back to school in September, at least not full time. It's going to be at least one day a week or something like that, two days a week. So that's what we were thinking we were going to have to do is send you back in that. What did you think, Alex? Did you like the homeschooling or was it like you missed your friends or were you like, no, I'm fine? Like, what did you think? I mean, I was fine, but I missed school. And then when school was letting people back in, I didn't feel comfortable going back. No, how come? Because I just didn't think that in phase two we should go to back to school in phase two. I would probably wait for phase three to go back to school. Interesting. Well, I think it all comes down to how they're going to you know, separate everything. I think that was a pretty good experiment. I think everyone was kind of separated and doing stuff. But I still think it looks like you guys are going to be doing like half days when you go back half a day or two days a week. It's going to be a little bit weird. I don't think school is going to be back to normal until likely after Christmas next year. We'll see. What do you think, Samantha? You're going to go into grade seven next, second part of French immersion, get more French, right? Mm-hmm. Which means you're going to, I'm thinking you're going to have to do a lot of work at those days that you go to school and then come home and, and try to catch up to it, right? Because they're going to have to bring you guys right up to speed. What do you think? I don't know. It's going to, it's going to be weird, right? Yeah. Did you miss your friends? Most of them I haven't seen in like since like March or whenever school closed. I know. Isn't that weird? But I saw some of my friends. Yeah, there's a handful around. It's just a weird feeling. It's a weird feeling. The world is definitely all over the place right now. But um, I'm very proud of you both. It's Father's Day. You join me on the podcast. We're going to split and go camping for a week. By the time this airs, we'll already be two days into camping in the mountains up by Whistler. Something that helped us get to phase three, which happens this week as well in British Columbia, because we're so, um, everyone listens so well to Dr. Bonnie and 
I think uh, the people did a great job out here, and you guys uh, made us very proud learning at at uh, home, and your teachers uh, said as much, and I think all the kids did a very good job, uh, and all the parents did their best to try to make this happen. So anyways, it's officially summer break for you guys. Sorry, it has been. It's, well, it's been summer break since March, but here we are, summer break, and then it's going to be grade five and grade seven holy moly big deal last thing before i let you guys go back to play and do all the stuff covid is clearing ish people getting into phase three and phase four school kind of back in september what did you like the most about homeschooling what did you like the least go uh my favorite thing was that i at least got help with my work mm-hmm my least favorite thing was that once we had to do five pages of fractions. And that's, yeah, hard. that's hard, and I don't know if you'd do all that while you were in school, but you did a good job, buddy. You're way smarter than Daddy, I'll tell you that. What about you, Samantha? Um, my favorite was probably sleeping in. I've been sleeping in a lot. No I'm one not sleeps more. To, but... No one sleeps more. Um, and then my least is probably... Um, not getting as much help as I needed. Yeah, that was a little bit different, but we did our best. We tried, but you guys did well and made Mommy and Daddy proud. So good job, kids. Happy Father's Day to me. Thanks for everybody uh, to tuning in. This is the first segment of this week with the kiddos talking about school and all that fun stuff. If you've got a school story you want to leave below, uh, leave it. Send me a message. Tell me that, you know how it went with uh, with your kids going back to school. Uh, and if your kids want to weigh in, I'm happy to put them on the podcast as well in a future episode to talk about their experience. But moving on to the world of music in the next segment. Stand by, friends. Brenton on tour podcast with the kiddos. Moving on. All right. So a big question that I'm getting a lot of right now is about the return of the music industry which i don't have all the answers for obviously i'm just trying to kind of live within you know the rules that we've been given and no one uh, has been guiding me as far as you know a specific date or anything like that as far as when the potential return of the music industry or concerts are going to be this much i know who gets permission to put 10 to 20,000 people in a building first NHL, NBA, MLB, 30,000 plus for a ball game, NFL, 60,000. I mean, there's some stadiums and arenas just in North America that need to set a schedule before you can even put a concert into it. Europe, I mean, a little bit more sporadic with their teams. They have specific football stadiums and um, things like that dedicated to each sport. So it's a little bit easier to route not quite as easy if the cities and the towns are still in phase two or phase three. I'm not a giant fan of reopening uh, with half the world open. So for me, I'd rather see a properly routed, at least minimum six week tour, which benefits the artists for costs and expenses and things like that. Uh, And being able to route a tour properly to be able to go to these places so you're not doing 12 and a half to 15 hours in between um, gigs. It's almost like you're touring in Canada full time. But regardless, the issue for me is more when is the world going to be 
semi-normal, what will people accept as far as going to a show uh, protocol? Because I don't think anyone really has a clue what that's going to look like yet. And we're still trying to figure what that, you know, what that's going to look like. People way smarter than me that make way more money than me are currently behind computers, desks, phones, you name it, trying to sort this thing out. The artists as well. Everyone wants it to get back on pace, but is there a cause for a rush? No. Is it important in the big picture? No. It's important for the health of our business and people uh, that rely on it to survive. Yes, 100%. Lighting guys, audio guys, tour managers, production assistants, wardrobe, you, the video, you name it, every single accounting, every single job that you can possibly imagine is relying on this to get back. You know, that's not new news. But I'm getting a lot of questions. People are like, well, you know, when are we, when do you think the, the first concert is going to be? I really don't know. I, I think there's going to be probably a smaller phased in plan. So whether that's going to be three to 600 capacity clubs, and that's great for the club level maybe even get some bigger artists that are going to go down and do 10 nights in a club and pull in their 6,000 people that way, whatever it's going to be. I'm sure there's going to be variations of it. Um, I won't necessarily be a part of that. That's, um, you know, I do a lot of touring uh, from arena to arena around the world in various kind of world tour, you know, forms and sending somebody to do a club tour or a theater tour is not feasible financially. So I'm going to be a while. It's going to be at least a year, I think, before we get rolling. And that's, um, I don't mean that in a, in a negative way. I think that's going to be a lot of planning by a lot of people to bring it back. Just my personal opinion. I wouldn't be surprised if by spring, you know, let's say May of next year, June, you're going to start seeing the beginnings of concerts and things like that. Festivals, that's a whole other thing. But it's the most common question I'm getting right now, which is where is this going to go? And I don't, I don't know that people are making a lot of attempts at different things right now. There's drive-in concerts. There are um, people doing stuff online, which is great. There's various ways that people are getting their musical fix right now. So until it gets back on track, you're going to see all these different things. But there's a lot of factors that have to go into play. Deals have to be renegotiated. Artists have to reroute, rehire. Uh, there's a lot of things that go into a, just the, the logistics of a tour, let alone, you know, the business of music within the artist camp. So every single level and aspect has been affected by this. And much like hockey or baseball or sports or any kind of gathering, things are getting thrown against the wall. Let's see if they stick. Let's see if it's going to go. I know the NHL is trying to get close, but then you get, you know, half of a team getting infected. Like um, a couple of teams in the NHL recently, at least had some cases pop up of the of COVID, and and I just think that um, people forget that this thing is still out there. So that may shut down that world, and that does that delay us even further. I mean, for sure, I. I I don't even think September's realistic for a lot of those sports to start again. And I guess the question for everybody is, is it necessary or important? If people are finding new ways to be entertained. Um, 
we all miss sports concerts, you name it, but it's certainly bringing families and things closer together. I really do feel for our business a lot. Uh, a lot of people rely um, on the concert world and from the amphitheater business, you got concessions and uh, like a, a, a yearly schedule or like a seasonal schedule. All those people are out of work. Uh, bus drivers, tour bus drivers, uh, lighting, assistant lighting, head of sound, assistant sound, systems techs. Every single level of a concert that you see is out right now. And it's a tough one. And fortunately in Canada, we're getting some help from our government. People will debate whether it's enough or not enough. Uh, I will say this much that um, they are at least doing their part to take care of us. And if you want to debate me on that, that's fine. That's what this forum is about, having some chats. But I know some people that are not getting the help that we're getting in Canada and they're struggling and that can lead to a whole other, you know, problem. So I feel fortunate where I live. Uh, I feel fortunate that we're being taken care of in that regard, but I still have to, you know, provide. I, I, I can't necessarily rely on, on the money that we're getting from the government per month to, to um, just leave it at that. We have to kind of look beyond when that's going to run out and then, what we're going to do after that. So constantly planning, constantly looking towards the future. Uh, thankfully there's a lot's happening over at deanblundell.com. Uh, and that's about to, to have a great, um, summer and beyond. So I'm excited to be a part of that and have the podcast hosted there as well as all the video component and things that are coming along. So, uh, keeping busy in the brain anyways, and hoping you guys are all finding ways to stay busy and entertained and getting some family time in and you know sometimes things come out of something like this and it creates a whole new thing for you so hopefully there's something there that you've uh, been able to create or be a part of that's uh, moving you through the different levels so music industry wise safe bet uh, nothing be by the end of the year uh, if you want to take a little bit of a Vegas bet that we might have something in early spring. You might win a few bucks on a couple of club shows, maybe. Uh, again, this is speculation. No one's told me otherwise, but just knowing the factors that have to get put in place for something like this to take off and do it properly so it's not just six shows on a tour. It's it's a proper six weeks. It's, you know, uh, we can get out and do anywhere between, you know, 18 to 30 shows and and everyone can get to work. So I'm looking at late spring to summer um, and I'm hoping that the music industry is back on track by then. The most common question I'm getting is this. So, hey, that's what I know for now. So best of luck with it I'm, to everybody that's putting the effort into getting this thing back on track. But it starts with listening and starts with following what we're supposed to be doing, uh, which leads to the next segment because people are asking me how I'm feeling post-COVID, so we're going to get into that next, uh, right here on the Brenton On Tour, Brenton Not On Tour podcast. So we're coming on about two and a half months since the whole thing went down for me. I know it's been kind of going on since January. COVID kind of took over the world. For me, uh, I got, you know, I, I went through it, as we all know, starting around March the 14th, 
and did my my time and all the rest of it in quarantine and, and isolated and and uh, I've you know cleared and come out the other side and was feeling great actually and feeling like I did my part and and did everything I could to make sure I could protect my loved ones and people around me and and was very limited as to my movements uh, even after clearing I, I did go for some bike rides and I did go for um, a few different um, excursions out to the mountains and the ocean which we have the benefit of doing here in British Columbia and it's just something that I think very much helps British Columbia go to phase three which is about to happen this week so uh, we have that benefit of being outdoors and and doing it so I was excited to be able to get out and go and do it but I also started up you know uh, working out more and upping my cardio and doing things like that and five kilometer bike rides and things like that that were kind of pushing the agenda for me and I started noticing that my lung was were acting up a bit and it was kind of concerning from the standpoint of well what is it do I still have the COVID do I you know what is going on with this thing and it was brought to my attention that generally speaking when somebody has gone through something like this from a a, um, uh, what do you call it like pneumonia or something that's heavy on the lungs that it can have some post effects uh, long term or at the very least for a couple months so people are like oh are you recovering in two weeks or three weeks or whatever there's not really an answer because I feel like whereas I'm clear and I've been cleared I feel like I'm still recovering because my cardio is way low and and even when I try to push it I'm I'm still getting a bit of a, a lung issue like a bit of a, it's it's a bit of a thing and so I talked to a doctor friend of mine and and uh, they diagnosed me with this you know sort of post respiratory thing and and I put in uh, the time on a on a uh, inhaler and and that's kind of been a bit of a help uh, I also switched to CBD for the first time uh, in an oil form I put it in my my coffee and for those of you uh, you know ready to jump you know on things or that are still a little too maybe conservative to have a CBD talk uh, this is the medicinal portion of it there's no getting high from this this is me putting a couple of uh, drops in my coffee to kind of cruise through my day it was recommended to me from a good friend of mine who makes it uh, that it might help his mom puts it on uh, joints for arthritis we've got uh, they've given it to the dog we've got um, there's various things that people do with it but I uh, I have a, a you know a, a drop droplets that get me to a point where I just put them into the, the coffee and kind of cruise throughout the day and all it simply does in my opinion, is make me more productive. I haven't actually, uh, which would, I guess, in essence, counter what people think of, of, um, of maybe CBD or, or, or the cannabis world, which I'm not really, I'm not a user. I haven't really been for me. The CBD is more like, is it going to maybe decrease my, um, dependence on the, uh, inhaler. So I wanted to try it out and, uh, it certainly worked. And this isn't a commercial for CBD because I don't have my own, uh, brand or anything like that. This is simply just letting you know that part of this process of recovery, I thought I would give it a go and try to go with like a bit of a natural CBD oil. Um, and it's been good. I haven't had to take the inhaler in almost two weeks. And that was uh, refreshing that, you know, to at least, you know, some of the athletes that I read that are using it for recovery, uh, weightlifters or anybody that's using it to 
to uh, for recovery or muscles and joint pain or anything uh, help people sleep there's all these different kind of things that people can use it for but I wanted to try it out for the lung side and I feel like at least I was able to understand that a little bit better and uh, I haven't had to take the actual you know prescription uh, big pharma medicine that was prescribed to me thankfully from a very good doctor friend of mine he was awesome uh, and thought that that might be uh, something that'll help me with the post-respiratory but also I wanted to try CBD and and sort of see what that was like and um, and I was able to counter the the inhaler from it so it was very interesting so I feel great I feel like I definitely had a mild uh, strain of the whole COVID thing but um, one thing I need to make clear I feel and was at my healthiest that I've ever been before Christmas and before all this thing hit and when it did hit and I still got it it's still different than you you know in people catching a common cold or a flu or whatever it's going to be but this is not the common cold or the flu I felt like I was in the best shape of my life with great um uh, cardio and everything and I can still feel in my lungs two and a half months after the process so if there's somebody with a lung condition they're most certainly going to feel it worse than I or worst case scenario go to the hospital get end up on a ventilator and just be in a bad scenario so you're not going to get any political opinions on of things from me. Uh, wear a mask, don't wear a mask. Uh, I wear a mask where I'm mandated to wear a mask. So um, I picked up a side job uh, as I wait for the music industry to start again. So it does have me traveling around uh, within a two, three hour span of British Columbia that I have to get my car, go meet people and do a few things and, and, uh, and talk and so that's including ferry rides. It's including, you know, showing up to uh, meeting people and just and and talking. And so the issue for me was obviously like what's going to, you know, if they feel comfortable, I always ask them, um, do you feel comfortable with a mask, not a mask, whatever it is. I'm not a proponent, uh, which either way or whatever, it's, it's to each their own. I do believe that there is some... Uh, merit to at least protecting people uh, in large groups and I definitely uh, saw it on the ferries when I was going over and kudos to the government for at least letting people still travel Uh, but just simply asking you to just kind of like hey if you can't if you're going to be sitting next to somebody on a ferry for two and a half hours uh, and you're shoulder to shoulder maybe you should wear a mask just to you know help prevent the spread so you're not gonna I'm not gonna get political on it um but I do believe that uh, it should be used in some scenarios and, and others possibly not. So that's kind of what's going on with me. I just uh, I wanted to give you the update because I'm seeing people, lots of people in masks. I'm seeing a lot of people not in masks. Um, you'll If I have to fly, obviously, and I'm mandated to wear it, you'll see me wear it. Um, I have friends making them for charity, so we bought some and used them. And, and uh, I've used them a few times and other times... Uh, I've kind of just been out without them. So it's, you know, to each their own and however you feel, but, uh, we're flattening. It looks like in Canada and, uh, things are going pretty great. British Columbia, especially going into phase three. So pretty awesome to be a part of that and uh, have a little bit of normal comeback to our world, which includes me heading out camping, which we're already two days into by the time you hear this thing. Um, 
coming up in the future uh, sh- shortly. Uh, I got a brand new sponsor for the Brenton on Tour podcast coming that I, I can't wait to announce. It's coming in the next phase. Uh, once I wrap up travel with Mercedes, uh, I'm going to move to the final module of the four that I started out with. Uh, we did coffee, music, travel, and I got another one coming which I'll be announcing in the next two weeks, including a great sponsor uh, and more news on the Dean Blundell network side of it. There's lots of fun stuff happening, uh, keeping creative while I'm doing this thing. I hope you guys are doing one of the questions I'd like to ask for you guys. And I want to put you on the next podcast is tell me how you're that. What phase are you in? Are you in phase two? Are you in phase three? Where are you in the world? You know, are you, are you back to work? Does your boss want you to come to work, but you don't want to go to work? Uh, is you Have you been back to work for three months and everything's fine and there's no problem? Are you over it? Are you, do you just not care? Whatever it is. You can get me anywhere you need to get me. Twitter, uh, Brenton on Tour Podcast on Instagram. Just send me a message. Uh, Brenton on Tour on Facebook. Just send me a message. Whatever it is. I'm going to collect all the audio and I'm going to do a bit of a compilation up to this point, I haven't asked for a ton of participation from you guys other than to like and share the podcast uh, to, you know, to win th- certain things and help us spread the word. Uh, our numbers are as high as they've ever been, um, and I can't wait to see what they're going to be like at the end of the next module. But what I do want is to hear from you guys now. Send me some audio. Send me some video. I'll convert it. We'll put it on the next podcast, and I'll discuss it, and we'll have a forum Hey, Brent, I'm back to work two months and this is what we're going through. Do like 30 second to one minute little review of what it is that you're going through. Hey, some asshole I work with won't refuse to wear a mask and infected two people. Okay. Or this person only wears a mask and uh, or whatever. Or we don't have to wear masks or we're working from home or whatever it's going to be. Or any of the subjects uh, that we talked about today. Uh, back to school. How did it go? How was the homeschooling? All of it. Brenton on tour on Twitter. Brenton on tour podcast on Twitter. Brenton on tour. Tag me and everything. I'll find it. I'll wrap it all up into a tidy little ball. We'll put it on the next podcast, uh, the next quarantine one anyways, and have a further discussion. So thanks everybody for joining me this week on the uh, not on tour podcast. Uh, a lot of fun talking to the kids about school, giving you a little update on what I think the music industry is going and some post-COVID talk in my world anyways. Keep flattening, my friends. Stay safe. Be smart. Enjoy the summer because it started, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many rogues that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. 
Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com.